But there is a document that you need to have which summarizes everything inside the CISSP, which is the CISSP Sunflower document. The Sunflower document, it's a document that summarizes all the definition inside this course and even point to some of the important point and uh, like tricks inside the exam. So it's a summarization document when you finish the course. And actually, while you are studying the course, Whenever you finish one domain or another, you need to go through the related terminology in the CISSP document. And there is two different versions. The first version with 1.1 under the name of the CISSP summary, and the second version with the version 2 under the name of the Sunflower uh, CISSP uh, CRAM study. So let me show you how the document look like, and then let me give you my recommendation about which one you need to study. So the document consists of 25 pages, and it's divided by domain. As you can see, we have domain one uh, in different color, where all the concept and definition about domain one is explained here. And even sometimes you will find that they are pointing to some important terminology by putting them underlined or in capital letter, or something like that. So, you know, uh, domain two, domain three. <clears throat> so sometimes, as you can see here, they are writing a definition about the hosted-based IDS, and they are putting that it's getting the event from the log system, for instance. And they put that in capital letter, which reflects the importance of this piece of information. And actually, I saw a question where they are asking you from where they are getting the host-based IDS, from where he's getting the event. So you will find this kind of, of, of uh, uh, pointing to the important point. <clears throat> and as you can see, each domain has different color. And what I usually suggest that you should print it on an E3 paper. And literally, you need to memorize all this document before sitting inside the exam. Because as you may notice, CISSP, it's filled of definitions. So it's covering too many topics, okay, but just a brief about each topic. And this is the concept related to the CISSP. It's one mile wide and one inch deep. So we are covering a lot of topics, but just a small definition about each one of them. So you need to have all those definitions related somewhere or written somewhere, because actually some of the question, uh, unless you know, I mean, not all the questions are scenario based, but we have a good amount of question, which is actually uh, uh, description or, or a definition about something. So he may ask you about the speed of T1, uh, least light. So you should know that the T1 is 1.5 megahertz. So all the definitions are combined in this document, and it's very, very important that whenever you finish any domain to go to the relevant domain in the Sunflower, go through all the terminology and highlight the point that uh, you are not aware of or uh, uh, it's new to you. And after a while, you will find yourself memorizing most of the content of this document. This is a very, very critical document that you need to study to pass the exam. Now let's get back why we are using two different versions. We have 1.1, which I just show you, and we have version 2. 1.1 with the previous CISSP edition, which was 10 domain. 
So you will find the structure of the 10 domain. While uh, uh, version 2 is a new version, which is the 8 domain. Now the point, in, uh, the point is why I should not use only version 2, since this is a new one. Actually, I still find the version 1.5, uh, 1.1 more effective. Maybe it will take some. Uh, it will take you some effort to find out the terminology in the old, uh, old uh, structure of ten domain. But I can see that this one was really well made, in a sense that whatever they are writing, it's very, very applicable to the exam. So I still trust this one than the new one. I don't know why. So I recommend that you study from the version 1.1, even if the, it's not going the, through the same structure of the domain <clears throat> or if you are comfortable with version 2 is fine you can study for it but compare between them just take the first domain and see how it's covered in 1.1 and how it's covered in version 2 if you are more comfortable with version 2 is fine but keep it in your mind just to go through it especially the important points ones that is underlined or bold or something like that keep that in your mind because i believe it's a very very effective document so at the beginning please keep that on your desktop you, you don't have to wait until you finish the course then study starting study the sunflower no you you should work parallel parallelly so whenever you finish domain please go through the equivalent uh, uh, domain in the sunflower and start start, uh, start reading all the point and the clarification uh, and as you can see, it's, it's quite summarizing, so it's, it will not take you that much of effort. And take notes, highlight the important points, by, but literally, before sitting to the exam, make sure that you went through all the domain from here, and you are not missing any terminology or any definition. In this lecture, we're going to talk about ethics and the purpose of uh, uh, encouraging ethics in any organization. Now, we all know that ethics cannot be enforced. You cannot enforce someone to have good ethics, but you can encourage good ethics in any organization. And right now, a lot of organization, when you get hired, they will give you their code of ethics and you need to read it and sign on it. So it's a kind of theoretical topic, except you may expect a question about that inside the exam, especially related to the well-known code of ethics. So IC square, they have their own code of ethics. You need to be aware of that. Internet, they have uh, the code, their own code of ethics, which we're going to talk about it. So we'll go briefly about the code of ethics because a lot of those points make a lot of sense. And then I'm going to show you how you can find an ex uh, how should you expect a question about that inside the exam. So obviously, any organization need to enhance or need to encourage the uh, uh, good good ethics in their organization and the moral values and so on. And as I just tell you that uh, right now, some organization when you get hired they will give you uh, a code of ethics to read. And it makes a lot of sense, like you should act responsibly, 
you should do you should not uh, do anything illegal you should be uh, uh, working uh, like uh, uh, this kind of things I'm going to show you a few of templates related to that but in general it's not about the policy and procedures only because the thing is in the upcoming lecture we're going to talk about any organization when it comes to information security one of the main tasks or one of the main things that they should have a folder that have all the policy and procedures and user need to be aware of those policy and procedures because if they break any policy or procedures you have the right to take a, an action against them legal or uh, uh, regular action but Essex is a different story you know it cannot be enforced but you can encourage them so how exactly it's working how can you encourage uh, good Essex in your organization so organization always document the expecting ethical uh, behavior and they share that with their employee. Uh, this could be ethics that is related to uh, legal or law or not. In a sense that maybe someone can misbehave, but it's not a legal issue. So is it acceptable? So if someone, for instance, uh, like uh, took some information, he didn't sell them to any competitor or do anything illegal, but he just erased them in a way or, or did something like that. Do you accept that in your organization? So you cannot take a legal action against him because he didn't do anything wrong, but still it's unethical. So this is what we are trying to say, that you need to encourage the ethical behavior, not just to prevent legal action, but also uh, for people to act uh, responsibly. So how it's done, it's usually done by code of ethics. And I will encourage you to go online and search for uh, like uh, some of the well-known code of ethics and read what is inside them. And as I told you, you know, you'll not be surprised because a lot of those points make a lot of sense. Uh, so what we're going to do is that we will share with you uh, two of the main code of ethics. And if you get a question inside the exam about code of ethics, most probably it will come from that. I'm going to show you questions once we finish uh, this part related to code of ethics so as you can see there is a lot of code of ethics where you know related with HIPAA, SOX uh, so if you do small research online you will find a lot of that uh, let, let's move to the first one and actually I saw a couple of questions related to this specific one a lot of people do not know that there is something called the IAB or Internet Architecture Board of Ethics where in brief they are saying if you are using the internet you need to uh, uh, prevent those kind of action now a lot of people are using the internet they are not aware of that so for instance you should not try to unauthorized access to any of the internet resources you should not to uh, disturb any 
internet user you should not wasting resources uh, uh, such as people capacity uh, uh, you should not uh, modifying the integrity of the computer based information so you should not also compromise privacy of people a lot of point which is quite obvious right I remember the question who came inside the exam was asking if you spread I don't recall the exact like uh, sentence but the, the idea was if you spread a virus on the internet, is this against the Internet Architecture Board of Ethics? And if you take the question straightforward, spreading a virus on the internet, it seems wrong, but it's not in the Internet Architecture, uh, Architecture Board of Ethics. So that's why you do not just count that you will use the common sense to, to answer the question. No, but sometimes they, it will be kind of tricky questions, as you can see. So this one, I will strongly like uh, uh, focus on it. And uh, you will see that this is one of the code of ethics in the uh, uh, Sunflower document. So please write those down, you know, and you don't have to write them down, actually just read them and memorize them. Because if you got a question inside the exam, most probably it will be about that. Because a lot of people do not know that there is an Internet Architecture Board of ethics. The second one, which is the IC square code of ethics, and still is the same concept that you should be acting responsibly, you should behave the, the good conduct, you should uh, not uh, like uh, uh, share any information that affects the business, this kind of information. Act le uh, do not break any law uh, or legal uh, issue and so on and so forth. Now, this code of XX, you're going to need to sign it and send it to IC Square once you pass the exam to be able to get the certificate. So once you pass the exam to get the certificate, you need to download the IC Square code of ethics from their website and sign it and send it back to them. And I have to tell you, they are quite serious about that. If you break any law, if someone like report you to IC Square that you didn't follow the good, good ethics in any way, uh, they will suspend your certificate. I knew few cases where it really happened. So it's not just a piece of documents that you sign and that's it. No, actually they are taking that quite seriously. And you should know that working as an information security officer or any uh, related position it's a big responsibility. So those are the measures, uh, code of ethics that I wanted to share with you. And uh, uh, I wanted to tell